you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. And as we have this Bible question and answer program, we invite you to join us not only in opening the scriptures, but also please join us for prayer. So let's pray. Heavenly Lord, we have our Bibles here before us. And as we open its sacred pages, we know that the truths of the Word of God are here for us to be blessed with. And we ask that your Holy Spirit will come and be with us here in the studios of Joy FM and also with our listening friends. And we ask that you lead us into all truth as it is in Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffinus, and I am here with a wonderful friend of mine. This is Pastor Masit Itong. Hello, Pastor Masit. Good to see you. Hello, Pastor Moffinus. Always a blessing to spend time with you and to study God's Word together on a beautiful Monday afternoon. It is wonderful, and I would like to introduce Pastor Masit as he is a pastor, he is an evangelist, he is also a Bible teacher. There's not, there's not enough things that I can say about oh, this wonderful person, and I couldn't ask for... Uh, a more able person to be here to answer Bible questions with me. By God's grace, Pastor. Thank you for inviting me. I'm always honored. I'm always humbled and honored. Amen. And we are also very glad that uh, you have joined us today, our listening friends. And so if you would like to have your Bible question answered today, uh, please take advantage of the time that we have here today and pick up your phones and dial 472-1111, 472-1111. And it, that's if you're calling from Guam. If you're calling from the CNMI, then please dial 323-1113. Again, that's 323-1113. Now, you may uh, text us through WhatsApp, and that is area code 671-686-quadruple-9. Again, that's 686 686- 9999, and it is free from the CNMI. Email us with this address, bible at joyfmradio.net. Again, that's bible at joyfmradio.net. Or you may go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio, and there you can go to the live feed and the live stream that we uh, have. Go to the um, comment section. You can leave your question there, and you can see what Pastor Masik looks like. And uh, the, the, you know, believe it or not, people mistake <laughs> e- uh, us for e- uh, for each other, which is a compliment for me. It's a compliment so, for me too. <laughs> a bigger compliment for me. <laughs> and so, go ahead and uh, contact us now. If you're listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from five to six, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can still contact us. But your live answer will come, of course, the next Monday, and we would welcome you to uh, reach out and get a hold of us. Our operators are standing by, our lines are open, and we are looking forward to your call. Amen. 
All right. <clears throat> well, Pastor Masik, while we are waiting for those questions mm-hmm. to be uh, phoned in, we do have a few uh, questions that have come to us through email form. Excellent. And Great. so why don't we go ahead and take a look at those? Yes, please. It says, could you explain... There's a question that came in. Could you explain keeping the law out of love rather than keeping it to be saved? Hmm. Okay. That's a great question. It is an incredibly important question, I I think. And so I would like to uh, just start with this. The concept of keeping the law in order to be saved. Um. Is that even possible to save ourselves by keeping God's Ten Commandments? And Can we go to heaven uh, because we've obeyed it so well? I think the Scriptures is completely full with a lot of Bible texts that say, no, we can't. Mm. You know, we cannot of our own selves ever save ourselves simply by our own works. And when you're looking right. at some of the Scriptures, I'm just going to read uh, what Jesus says regarding the motive of why we keep the commandments in John chapter 14, verse 15. Right. Jesus himself says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. He doesn't say, Keep my commandments so that I could love you. He says, If you love me, then keep my commandments. So right. keeping the commandments is a show of love. It's simply the motive of why we do it anyway, because of love. And so we see that that is the proper motive for commandment keeping. And uh, that, that is um, basically the way God says, if you want to show love for me, um, you must do it in, in, a, in a very proper way. Yes. And, you know, there's a lot of ways I'm sure that we can show that we love God, you know, by worshiping, through song. Yep. Um, and, and those are wonderful, I'm sure. But what, what, <laughs> this is something that I... I learned from uh, from a, a speaker one time. He says, when you love somebody, you can't just express it any way you want. Mm. You have to express it in the way they want. Wow. You know, if, if I want to show my wife I love her, um, I can't say, well, what do I like? You know, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I might like the color uh, blue or the color green. And maybe I'll get her a dress with my favorite color. But, you know, she'll be like, well, that's nice. But that's not, if I really want to get to her heart, I want to go go with what she wants. And she may not even want a dress or, you know, even in her favorite color. She may want me to take out the trash. (laughs) (laughs) And so God says, if you want to love me, this is how I want you to show it. Absolutely. Through keeping the commandments. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the book of Jeremiah thirteen twenty three. Uh, this kind of goes back to, uh, can we keep it mm. and be saved? And, you know, the, the Bible really gives it very plainly. It says in Jeremiah thirteen twenty three, can the Ethiopian change his skin right. or the leopard his spots? Neither are you able to do good, you who are accustomed to doing evil. Right. So can we do good in and of our own selves? Mm. And the answer is absolutely no. not. No. Absolutely not. We're incapable of, of even doing good, much less doing it well enough to save ourselves. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons why in the book of Romans 3, uh, verse 20 and 28, uh, verse 20, it says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, that means law keeping, mm-hmm. there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. In other words, no one gets forgiven or saved mm-hmm. by keeping the law. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. 
uh, verse 28 says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That's right. And I'm so glad it works that way. I'm so glad doesn't, uh, God doesn't say, you know, work up enough merit and then I'll think about saving yeah, you. Absolutely. Or let's see how far you go. And, uh, you know, if he weighs you in the balance and, you know, okay, sorry, you were one good work short. <laughs> and uh, I'm so glad he doesn't work that way. It's all about God saving you not you saving yourself. Absolutely. Mm. And you know what? I think the greatest example of that, Pastor, is really the cross. Yes, perfect. You know, the cross really is the answer to that question because of this. When a person is moved, when a person fully understands what Jesus has done, when you see him bleeding there and dying, and you realize that it's all for you, Mm -hmm. and you realize that somebody has sacrificed himself for you, how could you not then be moved uh, by love right. to want to love and serve that person. And isn't that the reason why people get married and why people want to uh, to do great things for other people? It's because of a great, uh, the Bible calls it a debt of love, but a great, um, yeah, a great love that you feel yeah. for that person. You want to repay right. them. And that really is the motive of love. It goes down to the motive and the attitude of why you do it. And doesn't that make you a better person in itself? It really does. I mean, can you imagine uh, someone being in heaven? So how'd you get here? Oh, I obeyed the law. Oh, why did you do it? Did you do it because you love God? No, man, I just wanted to get here. Oh, wow. Uh, wow, you know? That and, is great. Uh, that, I can't think of a colder way to get to heaven. But if you ask the person, uh, how'd you get here? I got here because of Jesus. Amen. He saved me. Yes. And did you keep the law? You bet, because I love him. Amen. <laughs> that, 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 that just, well, for all eternity, we can, can continue in that in that saving relationship Absolutely. with God. So wonderful. I like the way you put it. It really went, goes back again to the heart, to the movie. Yeah. I love that example. It sure does. Okay, well, so we <laughs> certainly hope that answered the question for our uh, email, a uh, person who emailed the their question in looks like we do have another uh email that just came in and this is from a uh, young lady named amani and amani is asking this question if god tells us we should fear him then why does the bible say not to be afraid Mm. oh wow amani that is a very good question and uh, from my understand, I think uh, this is coming from a 10-year-old girl. Wow. And so thank you, Amani, for that question. And so Pastor Masik, fear God, but the Bible says don't be afraid. Um, how do we reconcile those two? How do we reconcile those two? That is a deep question for a young person. <laughs> I will go back to probably what text, well, one of the texts at least that the, the young person was referring mm. to in 2 Timothy 1.7 where it says this. Mm. Second uh, Timothy one seven says, "For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, right. but of power and of love and of a sound mind." Right. So we know that then fear doesn't originate with God. No. In uh, the world that we're living in today, unfortunately, uh, fear exists because of the presence of sin. Mm-hmm. And um, there's two there's two ideas when you, we think of the word fear. One is the incredible reverence yes. for God. It's so deep and so awe-inspiring that uh, the word fear really wouldn't go too far of a, of a word to kind of almost describe it. Yes. But it's it's such a reverent, reverent, awe-inspiring mm. uh, attitude towards God that you really don't have for anybody else. Now... At least that's how, how I've seen. Then the other side is this, 
God, although it does not originate fear, he mm. then sometimes has to kind of allow it or use it in a sense I, in order to lead us back to him. I think I see your, your, yeah. where you're going with that. Yes. It is true that uh, to get our attention somehow in order to save us, mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, he has to speak from Mount Sinai with a thunder. Yes, yes. It's kind of like my my dad, in order to keep us from running out to the street, he will use his big thundering voice and yes. say, get back here. Now, I love my dad, yeah. but when he used that voice, mm-hmm. I knew to obey him. Yes, yes. So in a sense, we can relate to God. We can fear God the way we would, mm-hmm. the way we love our dad oh, I love or the mom. Way that, that's put, yes. Because we love dad. Mm-hmm. We love our father, but we fear to disobey him. Yes. And when he speaks, we take him very seriously. And so, Amani, I, that's how I would answer mm-hmm. that. Um, the Bible, God doesn't want you to be afraid of him, mm-hmm. but he does want uh, he does want his sons and daughters to be to take what he says very very seriously. Yes. And we, when we're in his presence, um, we're in the presence of a very powerful. And all wise and all knowing and a glorious God. Yes. And not one of my one of my bucket list things to do uh, is to make my way to northern uh, United States and go see the, the Grand Can- not the Grand Canyon the the Niagara Falls. Oh, Niagara Falls. Because I understand that when you're standing there and you feel the power of all that water <laughs> shaking the ground, you're like you're in awe, <laughs> wow. but. You feel, whoa, this is a lot yes. of strength from these, these falls. Yeah. And that I know that that pales in comparison to being the presence of God himself. Mm. But you love him still. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. I love the Pastor Mopness. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what you said, when your dad had to do that, that did mm. not come from a hatred. No. It really came from his own heart of being, of, of loving you and being scared that you might get hurt. Right. And so he, he had to... That's it's, right. It's not that he wants to do that, but if that's what it takes at times to reach us because we are maybe hard of hearing or hard headed, he'll have to go ahead and do he'll, that. He'll do it. Yeah. And and later on, we thank him. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Thank you for, yes. for, I mean, he didn't like, he didn't like whisper suggestions and say, you know, you really shouldn't go out to the street yeah. like that. No, I'm glad that my dad uses big booming voice to keep me in my, um, Keep me safe. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, and by the way, that big booming voice protected me from enemies. Really? And so when God has a big booming voice, that's good too because Amen. then that makes the devil run. <laughs> yeah, the Bible says they tremble. <laughs> they do tremble. Amen. There was this one time where I was climbing a tree and there was a man with his son walking by and he pointed up at me and said, hey, look at the monkey. And, uh, uh, you know, I was flattered <laughs> to be called a monkey in the tree because that means I'm really good at climbing. Yes. But when my dad heard that, he didn't like that. Oh, and wow. he says, hey, that's my son. And you put the fear in that guy. Wow. <laughs> he, he says, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, my dad, he's standing up for me. Well, imagine when the devil points to you and he says, look at this monkey. And the devil mm. says, that's my son. That's my daughter. Don't you ever, and he uses a big booming voice mm-hmm. and Amen. to rebuke the enemy from you. Amen. And so we can be glad that our God is a big, big father in heaven. Amen. <laughs> Amani, thank you so much for that question. That's, that's a deep one. It is. And we appreciate yeah. it so much. Okay. So let us, uh, let me take this moment because it looks like we have about 15 or 13 minutes before we have to go to our mm-hmm. break. I want to give those uh, phone numbers out. Let me uh, check to see. Okay, there was another caller who called, but um, 
just left the question, but why don't I go ahead and give those phone numbers out? Again, 472-1111, If you're calling from Guam, Rhoda, please. Saipantinian and Rhoda, 323-1113, 323-1113. All right, let us now go to a, a caller's question that called and left their question with us. Pastor seek what does it mean to carry your cross and follow me? Okay, uh, this is something question. Jesus said. Beautiful, beautiful question. A caller wants to know what does it mean to carry your cross and follow Christ? Well, first of all, maybe we uh, can clarify, does that mean we should put on a crucifix? Is that what it's talking about? Is and that Was Jesus saying take a little wooden or metal cross and hang it around our necks? And the answer is uh, absolutely not. <laughs> That's not what Jesus talking and about. And the reason why we can we can say that is because the disciples hmm. uh, did not willingly be crucified. The only, at least, the only record we have of one being crucified was Peter, and uh, he somebody else crucified him. Right. It wasn't uh, he crucified him upside down. It wasn't his own, uh, his own him crucifying himself. Carrying the cross, carrying your own cross. Well, we then have to dis- we then have to de- define really what that cross is. What that cross is exactly. And by the way, the the the, the verse that's being quoted is found in Matthew sixteen twenty four, where it says, "Then Jesus then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me." Amen. Okay, so what does it mean to take up a cross? What is a cross? Well, the cross, of course, was used by the Romans for, I think, mm. about three to four hundred years uh, for, for a certain time period. And it was used, of course, to to shame mm. uh, people that were uh, criminals or, wow. uh, you know, rebels. Uh, but Jesus was not a criminal. Right. And Jesus really had nothing to be ashamed about. He was innocent. And yet mm. he had he carried a cross. And so that cross that was supposed to be a mark of shame and, and horror and despite now today is a symbol of hope, salvation, and redemption. Mm, right. And so I think the first part of the text, Pastor, when it says, if any man will come after me, Jesus says, it says he will deny himself. Deny himself. Yeah. That's really the key word because Jesus, if Jesus didn't deny himself all throughout his life, carrying that cross really would mean very much. Right. Because if he had you know, done whatever, said whatever, did whatever, there would have been no denial. Mm. And carrying that cross, then he would have been somebody to, be, to, to have shame. Exactly. And so we have to remember that that cross that Jesus carried was really the cross that was meant for us. Mm-hmm. And to take up the cross is to take up the, uh, the burden. And I'm going to use the word burden carefully because Jesus says in Matthew 11, as he says that his burden is light. Yes. He but take, there is a burden. Yeah, there is a burden, like, yes. There is a yoke. There yeah. is a yoke and a burden mm. to carry. But it's light. It yeah. is a light burden. Mm. And so it is, to, it is to deny self and to live as Jesus lived because Jesus lived as he lived so that we may live as he, yes. he lived. Amen, amen. And so to deny self and to carry up the cross is really to stand up and to be so moved and, and actuated by love that carrying the cross is no burden whatsoever. Mm. It is a burden, but it is light and it becomes a delight itself. The cross is a symbol of um, pain, Mm -hmm. torture, self-denial, humiliation and shame, and ultimately death. Yes. 
And it seems to me that Jesus is telling his disciples, you must be willing to go through what he actually said this to James and John. Exactly. Well, can you be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Can they you said drink yes. of the cup that I drink with from? And so they said yes. And he says, you, you actually will. Mm-hmm. And so taking up a cross is basically being willing to go through the pain, the suffering, the, the, the shame, and ultimately the death and self-denial yes. that Jesus himself went through. And the disciples, all 12 of them, well, save um, except for uh, Judas. Judas, they all were willing. Yes. They were all were willing to go through whatever it took to follow in Jesus' footsteps. Amen. And people who become disciples, and by the way, I, have, I wrote a sermon saying church member or disciple. In other mm. words, not every church member wow. <laughs> has the mentality of a disciple mm-hmm. willing to take up a cross and bear whatever pains, whatever mm-hmm. self-denial it takes in order to follow in Jesus' footsteps mm-hmm. and to do as he did. And then it says, and follow me. And again, this, uh, that those are key words to understand that taking up the cross is all about following Jesus' example. Absolutely. And that's really what it means to be a Christian. Amen. To be a Christian means you're looking at the life of Christ and saying, I want to do and be what Jesus did and was. Amen. And, <clears throat> and Pastor Mavis, I want to I want to really echo that as well. If you uh-huh. go to Matthew chapter 5, uh, looking at the Beatitudes. Ah, yes. You know, the Beatitudes start very nice. You know, you're... And it has all these blessings, but then towards the end, it talks about being persecuted, uh, being uh, sla- you know being persecuted for Christ's name, and so there is a cross and a burden and a trial to pass through as a follower of Christ. Yes, uh, it's not always going to be easy, but it will always be uh, it'll always be a light burden because mm. your heart is really uh, in the right place. Uh, the greatest example is if you look at the disciples and the and the cross-bearing moments that they went through, hmm. they didn't uh, complain about it. Paul and Silas in the prison, beaten up and whipped and and chained up, and yet the Bible says they were singing all through mm, the night. True, Pastor, I don't know if anybody would beat you up or and beat then, me up. And then sing. After. And sing and, and sing the oh, hallelujah chorus and the wow. doxology and all these things. But you see, for them, the cross that they carried truly was light mm. and for them they thought they thought of it as an honor, honor that they would actually be be worthy enough to experience some of the same things that Jesus, that Jesus went through and one last thing regarding the cross mm. you know the cross is where Jesus went to die and then he was uh, buried later on mm-hmm. and then he was resurrected mm. And so it also is a symbol of, of a new life. That's true. And to carry the cross is to carry your way and make your way to Calvary and commit yourself to God there and die to the world and come up anew as a new creature in Christ. This is what the Apostle Paul uh, meant when he made those two statements, I die daily yes. and I am crucified with, with Christ. Christ. Never the yet, nevertheless, I live. I live. In other words... Death to self means Jesus living in you. Amen. And what could be better? Amen. I love that. Take (laughs) up your cross. Okay. We certainly thank you for that wonderful question. That uh, These are all about uh, the Christian walk. Okay. So let us take, um, it looks like we have about five minutes before we go to our break. 
I would like to uh, somebody text him this question, and it also came through email, and it is asking for an explanation of Matthew chapter sixteen, and reading verse seventeen and nineteen. So I'd like to read that, and um, let me uh, turn in my Bible there. Matthew chapter sixteen and reading verse seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen. Okay, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto him, speaking to Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, so, uh, someone's asking for an explanation of this passage. We've explained it before on this uh, in our program at a previous uh, time, but uh, perhaps we can uh, look at it again. First of all, there are many people who say that the church is built on Peter, mm -hmm. Because the name Peter means rock. Yes. And here Jesus says, I'm building my church on a rock. Mm -hmm. And so was the church built on Peter? Uh, many people wonder, does this make him the first, the first uh, leader of the church, mm -hmm. uh, the first pope? And uh, we, we understand that uh, actually the rock here is not referring to Peter. Yes. The name Peter actually comes from a Greek word, Petros. Mm -hmm. And Petros actually means small pebble. Small pebble, yes. You know, when you were a kid and you skipped it across yep. the, the water? Petros, yep. That's a Petros. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a Peter. Yes. I, I don't feel flattered if someone calls me a Petros. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little pebble? Yes. Um, so, no, you can't build a church on a pebble. You can't build a church on a Petros. Mm -hmm. um, but when Jesus says, but upon this rock I will build my church, the, the word he used there was not Petros. Mm -hmm. It was called Petra. Petra, yes. And Petra means a monolith. Yes. A huge, gigantic <laughs> rock of m immense proportions. Mm -hmm. uh, definitely you can build something on one of those. Absolutely. So who or what is that Petra? Um, well, I believe Peter himself uh, says in his, in his own epistle, mm -hmm. he says that Jesus is the chief cornerstone yes, absolutely. that the temple is built upon, that yes. the church is built upon. And that's Peter talking. Mm -hmm. And so we see that Jesus himself, he says, I'm sorry, he is saying, I'm building the church upon me. And that is why the, the church is uh, on a solid foundation. Absolutely. And, and it's almost like this. I, every time I read this text, I think of Jesus uh, kind of giving the, this, uh, like the hand motion. Right. You are Peter. Yes. <laughs> and up, but upon this rock, mm -hmm. referring to himself, and all throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the rock. The rock. The Rock of Ages, right. all, all throughout the scriptures. In the, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Peter, and Paul, the Apostle Paul says that that rock that followed Israel through the wilderness was Christ. Mm -hmm. Moses struck him and water came out. Absolutely. Jesus was struck on the cross and that's why the water of life flows through him. Absolutely. And that's why God says, no, you only speak to the rock the second time. But mm -hmm. no, Moses went against it and struck the rock again. Absolutely. Yes. Which was... Not right, because Christ only was smitten once. Smitten once. Yes. 
And so, yeah, Jesus, throughout the scriptures, old and new, he's the rock. Absolutely. But what about that part where it, sa- where it says, and I give to you the keys of the kingdom. Mm. Now, now, you know, because of that, everybody has this, I- this idea, this image in their head. And it's actually come to be a part of a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. This man went to ha- died and went to heaven, and there at the gates of heaven he met Peter. Peter, because mm-hmm. a lot of people say, "Oh, he has the keys to the kingdom of heaven." Mm-hmm. Okay, if we want to get into heaven, we got to go to the guy with the keys. Yeah. And uh, many people think that that makes uh, that that was spoken to Peter. That Peter has the keys to open the gates of heaven to loose what's on mm-hmm. earth, and it'll be loose in heaven, and uh, it'll be. Uh, what's that um, bound on earth mm-hmm. uh, if, if he binds something on earth it's bound in heaven but did Jesus give Peter that kind of power I you, would, know, you know pastor yeah. I wouldn't want anybody on earth to have that kind of power <laughs> can you imagine that well, I don't believe that Jesus gave it to Peter um, uh, uh, as a sole responsibility mm-hmm. to decide who gets to heaven but we will we are going to answer that very concept Uh, But right now we're going to take a break. As you can hear from the music, we are not done. We are only halfway through. We're going to be taking a break, and so we'll be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Maybe you've asked for directions, but those you asked didn't seem to know. Maybe you've wanted answers to tough questions, and people didn't seem to know. Maybe you've used search engines to seek answers. In some cases, they didn't seem to know. You are left in a dilemma. You know there has to be answers to the challenges, questions, and difficulties you face, but they didn't seem to know. We specialize in answers. You'll find it in the words you hear. Our ministry is a help desk. There's wisdom every time you engage with our radio signal. It's not that we're so smart. We just know the best source to turn to for answers. Then we share with you. We represent the all-wise God who knows what you need and offers lavish wisdom to all who ask. He knows. We know He knows. Now you know too. Your financial support continues to deliver answers. Joy FM. Family-friendly radio. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. And we have returned from our break. We're so glad that you are still tuned in. 472-1111 if you want to call from Guam. Mm-hmm. Please give us a call with your Bible questions. Pastor Masikt, Ida'ong, and I are here to open our Bibles and look into your question. And if you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, then please dial 323-1113. 323-1113. 
323-1113. Or you can go mm-hmm. to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio, leave your question in the comments section, and give us a wave hi, <laughs> because you will be able to see us. Okay, now, uh, we left off uh, explaining in Matthew chapter uh, 16 about that uh, verse 19 where it says, and I give unto you the keys of the kingdom, mm-hmm. and... I and uh, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Okay, so does Peter did was God was Jesus giving Peter that kind of power and authority to uh, decide who's saved and who's lost? Um, did everybody have to come to Peter? And is he there in heaven saying, mm-hmm. "You got to go through me first. I'll open up the books and see if you're if you're good enough to get in." Um, I, I do not believe Peter is in that position mm-hmm. in, in the scriptures. Uh, you know, Jesus said something very, very interesting in the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 52. In Luke eleven fifty-two, he says, Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering mm-hmm. in you hindered. In other words, these people who knew the law, they had the key to knowledge. Yes. And he says, you yourself aren't going in to know more, to know the truth, and in not, and you are trying to keep people from knowing the truth and thereby, you know, benefiting from it. And I believe that, in a way, this is how Jesus is uh, talking to not just Peter, but all of the disciples. Absolutely. Um, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom. You have to, uh, you you have in your hands the ability to share knowledge mm-hmm. with people, and that gives them access to the truth and salvation and heaven. Amen. Yeah. Did you, would you like to add to that? I was just really going to uh, say the same thing. You know, the key in the keys, as you said, is the knowledge and the knowledge of the scriptures and the Bible itself. You literally, as you just said, you give people access to eternal life. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're not the one actually giving them eternal life. Right. But you're giving them the key for them to to open the door and then to walk through. Yes. And uh, yes, I really really believe that. You know, in the book of Matthew chapter 18, just to illustrate that Jesus was not merely talking to Peter and giving and saying that, uh, that he's the one who binds on earth and looses on earth and it'll happen in heaven. Because if you go to Matthew chapter 18, uh, perhaps you can help me read this, Pastor Masik. Sure. Um, Matthew chapter 18. Yeah, Matthew 18, and then we can read verse, uh, you know, if it, just to get the context, starting from 15 to 18. Matthew 18, 15 to 18. Matthew 18, 15 to 18. And the Bible says, Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee, as an heathen man and a publican. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, 
and whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so in, 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 in following that process, the church is basically either uh, letting the rebuke of the church um, rest upon this person who refuses to repent. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that rebuke, the person is supposed to understand that he is in sin. Yes. And he can't get into the church and he can't get into heaven mm-hmm. by extension. He can't get into heaven uh, with that sin. And this is not saying that salvation and membership of in the church is the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's not. But if the church is doing right and we and the church follows this process correctly, mm-hmm. then God is saying then what you, when you're rebuking sin, the sinner is to understand that that is also my rebuke. Absolutely. Because the church is walking in agreement with God. Uh, I think that's very well put. Exactly. Very, very well put. Okay, so once more, uh, Peter uh, is not the rock. Jesus is the rock. Um, He said in Matthew uh, chapter, I believe it's Matthew chapter 7, he who hears these sayings of mine and does them is like a wise man building on a rock. And so Jesus is the rock. It's not Peter. Peter's a little pebble. And I think we can all be pebbles. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) You know, like little polished stones Mm -hmm. that that go into uh, almost like a, a jewel. But um, we uh, but we look at Jesus as the foundation of the church. Mm-hmm. And, and as a church, we can give people access to the kingdom of heaven through sharing them, the, uh, giving to them the keys of the knowledge of truth. Mm-hmm. And by that way, they can go in and out anytime they want. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's really great. Um, like I said earlier, I'm really glad that no man on earth uh, is the rock and who has that kind of authority to close and open salvation. And uh, because, you know, Peter, even he had later on, he wasn't always a perfect person. Hmm. He did make mistakes. And yet I'm so glad that the Bible says that Jesus is the head of the church and we are simply the body. Yes. And his his judgment and his ways are never wrong. He makes no mistakes. He reads every motive exactly as they are. And I'm so glad that we don't have to depend on another person like you or me to to do have that kind of responsibility. I'm glad it's his. Amen. Let's let God be the the wonderful, fair and loving judge that he is. And he is able to save. He doesn't need our help. (laughs) But there are people out there who would benefit from so much from the light that you and I have in the scriptures. And, uh, you know, just uh, jump to my mind right now, Pastor Masik, um, we are giving the keys out. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we're giving the keys out. You know, uh, the Bible verses that we're giving out, those are keys to unlock so much blessings for mm-hmm. everybody. And so I feel good. <laughs> I feel great, too. And you know what, Pastor? Look at this incredible thing. Yeah. The Bible calls it, Jesus says these are the keys of heaven, the keys to heaven. So God is basically offering you eternal life. And these are not keys that uh, that will make you miserable. Mm. These are not keys to destruction. Right. This is the key to salvation. Right. And all you got to do is just accept it and take it and walk right through. Amen. Okay, so there's another question coming from Saipan. I always get excited when the CNMI calls in a question. Hello, brothers and sisters from Saipan. (laughs) Saipan. Okay, um, why did God get mad at David for taking the census? Mm. 
Oh, that's a good question. Yes. Okay. And I have read that. And um, uh, I believe that would be in the book of Second Samuel. And uh, yes, this is when Samuel. he numbered Israel. Let me uh, do a quick search here to find the... 24, I believe. It could Most likely it is. Okay. And maybe it's First Samuel. No, I'm well, but I do remember the story. Oh yes, it is Second Samuel. It is Second Samuel. Second Samuel twenty four. Yes. Oh, it is Second Samuel yes. twenty four. Okay, is there a particular uh, verse there that really stands out that we yes. can read for our listeners? I can read it here in Second Samuel chapter twenty four, verse one. Okay. It says, "Again, the anger of the Lord was aroused against Israel, and He moved David against them to say, Go number Israel and Judah.'" Actually, that may not be the right one. There may be another one, actually. I don't know if that's the same one. 24, you said? Uh, yes. Okay. Is this the same one? I believe it is. I believe it is. And so when, when God, I'm sorry, when David uh, numbered Israel, God was angry with him. Yeah, it's in verse 10 also. Okay. In verse 10 it says, And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. Mm. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done, and now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Okay, so um, I've read this, I've read that mm. before, and I also wondered what's wrong with counting, you know, the people. Um, well, the truth is, is that what David he was doing here was, uh, it wasn't before any battle. Mm -hmm. He wasn't, uh, counting to see if he has enough forces to go mm. to meet another enemy. He wasn't, uh, counting for, for any other purpose than, than just to count. And so the idea here is that he's counting to find out how strong he is as oh, a king. Wow. He's he's trying to find out the strength of his kingdom and it you know to make him you know to basically glory in his might mm -hmm. and uh, how strong his army is. This is kind of akin to what Nebuchadnezzar mm -hmm. did when he was walking on the uh, around Babylon and saying, "Isn't this Babylon great Babylon that I have built?" Yeah, for my glory. Yeah, my arm. Mm -hmm. And so whenever. Uh, Whenever, whenever da when David did this, he was saying, "This is my kingdom," mm -hmm. and w it was a, it was a very foolish and proud move. And uh, remember, when you're a king, everything you do has a meaning because everybody knows it. Mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> and so, oh, David's counting us. Why we're going to battle? No, nothing like that. Oh, he just wants to know how big he is. Yeah. <laughs> and so now everybody's like, oh, so David is uh, wow. uh, counting us as, as his men. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so God had issue with that. And um, his anger, uh, even David realized what he did. Yes. It's not that, uh, even David understood that he was doing foolishly. Mm -hmm. And so that would be the idea behind this whole story. Mm -hmm. uh, did you have anything yes. to add? And I was just going to say, you know, you asked, we, we wonder why was God so harsh on David? Mm. It almost seems. But you see, David was the one in authority. Yes. David was the king. David's um, accountability was greater. People would follow his example. And so he had come to the point where he was more, uh, when he had was not as humble, because he was king, he should have been the most humble 
out of every everyone. Right. You know, there's a Chinese proverb that says, uh, "A blade of grass, the the taller it gets, the more it bows." And he should have really, because of his great and high uh, position, you know, he should have been the most humblest to understand that, as the Bible says, the battle is the Lord's, yes, and God is the one to get all the honor and glory. Mm. And very much, it is a, it is very human nature, ah, yes, that for us, that when we get a little bit of success, mm. and we, you know, God blesses us, gets to our head, <laughs> yes, the temptation then becomes, uh, comes to us that we somehow. Had a hand in all of that. Yeah. And, um, you know, one of my favorite authors says, the wind blows harder in the mountain than it does in the valley. And so the higher you are, you have to be really careful careful and humble enough to remember that uh, God is the one to get all the praise. Amen. And by the way, just to to illustrate that, when David was going to number Israel, Joab, even Joab, and Joab was not even a good person, Mm -hmm. but even he understood what was going on in verse 3. Would you like to read verse 3 for us? Now, and Joab said to the king, now may the Lord your God add to the people a hundred times more than there are, and may the eyes of my Lord the king see it. But why does my Lord the king desire this thing? Oh, okay. Yours says desire. Mine says delight in this thing. So he was really doing it to fulfill his own desires. Mm. He was really doing it for his own delight. This was not to glorify God. It was to puff his own heart up. And so that's really uh, where David was going. Okay. So uh, we certainly hope that uh, helped with the question. Now, let's go to another question that came to us. It was just submitted. Uh, a person called and left it here. It says, how do you deal with anger? What is a good Bible verse to think about when someone else makes you so mad, but you don't want to say or do anything to ruin the relationship mm-hmm. or friendship? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, Pastor Masik, there are dozens if not more than that of verses that have to do with anger and and uh, uh, there are verses that are just going through my mind right now I'm things like the ra- uh, for the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God mm-hmm. in other words there's no way you're going to do anything righteous when you're angry <laughs> yes absolutely and um, there's all those verses about forgiving yes and there's all those verses about being patient mm-hmm. and uh well, whenever I hear a verse like this, I, I, uh, I'm sorry, whenever I hear a question like this, I say we can uh, we can read Bible verses, but it does sound like a counseling question. Yes. But we can we can offer what we what we have here. Sure. And so do you have any verses that jump to your mind? Uh, there is one. And this this really is a counseling question. And there's a lot of things uh, that can come out of that and a lot of things to consider from each side. And so I'm simply going to tell you uh, I'm simply going to share with you rather something in Matthew chapter 18, what we discussed earlier. And this is in Matthew 18, verse 15. Yeah. And this is dealing with uh, you know, people that have sinned or they've trespassed against you or they're going wrong. And this is what it says. Moreover, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Yes. If he hears you, you have gained your brother. So the first step is to really, uh, you know, reconcile go to that person directly and work it out but really pray and pray until Mm, your heart is tender you know when this whole social media first started coming out something new began to happen Mm. 
people began to vent online left and right. Ugh. And that was something that had never really been done before you know, mm. for me growing up. Getting everything out there yes, aired in public. Absolutely. Right. And the thing is, it's best to really go to that person directly. If there really is a reason why you're mad, and if the anger is justified, or mm. if this anger is because this person is doing something that's hurting themselves, mm. then I would definitely seek out help. Yes. Uh, depending on what is the cause of the anger, I would really um, seek out more information on it. If it's just, they just make you angry, uh, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, I believe, says that nobody can make us angry without our permission. I, I, I'm, I'm looking at this one verse in the book of Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 4, 26. Be angry and sin yes, not. Yes, um, What is the sin? And here it is. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Mm. In other words, don't hold on to it. Yes. You said something years ago in, uh, when you and I were uh, classmates in, in Philippines, and I never forgot it. Wow. It's a holding a grudge is like drinking poison mm. and hoping the other person dies from yes. it. <laughs> wow. Remember that. You really had an effect on me on that yeah, one. I'm like, no kidding. It's true. Grudges don't hurt anybody but yourself. Mm. And uh, the, the longer you hold on, on to it, the more it's going to poison the way you look at that yes. other person. And so first of all, take it to God. Mm. I mean, there's no reason for you to carry that burden. Absolutely. Take it to the Lord. Oh, the release that and the peace that comes when you unburden everything to the Lord. Go ahead. You cannot burden God. You can be honest with him. You yes. can rant. You can vent. You can yes. just give it all to him. And he, if you l allow him to talk back to you when you're all done, mm -hmm. <laughs> he will speak words of mm -hmm. forgiveness and the right Bible verses will come to your mind. Um, and then after that... Uh, as Pastor Masik said, true friendship does have a very strong, solid foundation mm -hmm. of honesty and open communication. Um, I would go as the humbler person. Mm -hmm. And if there's a danger that uh, it may ruin the relationship, well, then, you you know, <laughs> uh, you, you can use words of honey where... I, I've had people come up to me and tell me my own faults in ways where I really appreciated it mm. because they I could tell that they were doing it not because they looked down on me or yes. that they, it was no in no way a personal attack, but they did so because they cared. Absolutely. And uh, if a person is does have enough emotional maturity, then, you know, then it's uh, it, it'll be received. It'll be it'll yes. be received and appreciated. Uh, if not, and, uh, you know, I, we can't promise that they're going to respond positively, but we can promise you this. You did the right thing. Amen. And uh, if the friendship survives your honesty, then it really was a good friendship. Amen. Yes. If not, well, we can certainly just hope for the best. And if the best doesn't happen, well, still don't give up. You can Absolutely. continue being a good friend. Amen. But uh, I, I really like your counsel. Go as a humbler person. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a really yeah. good friend, you know, the fact that they ask mm. this question. I, I agree, yes. Mm. Only a true friend would even ask this question. Yeah. I'm glad you just didn't dump them first thing. Oh, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> You're a good friend. Thank you. Okay. All right. Now, it seems like we have eight minutes left in our program. Eight minutes, and people have been calling uh but they've just uh, simply left the question with the operator. I want to challenge any person who's listening right now, call and ask us your question yourself. 
I mean, I know you love Scott. Scott's great. <laughs> I love Scott. But we would love to hear from you. <laughs> so go ahead and call 472-1111, 472-1111. Here I am trying to provoke somebody to come <laughs> to come and talk to us. Okay, 472-1111. Or if you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, those beautiful islands can call mm. 323-1113, 323-1113. And uh, it's a wonderful day, and we look forward to calling, uh, talking to you. All well, right. Pastor Masik, looks like someone took Amen. the challenge. Okay, here we're going to talk to our caller. Hello, welcome to Straight from the Bible. You're on the air now. Thank you for your call. Uh, yes, good afternoon. Good afternoon, yes. Do you have a question for us? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I have a question, but uh, I think I'm going to study it in Palagos. I know that. Pastor Dave is a Palawan guy. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> wow. Go yeah. ahead. Don't understand that? it yeah. and translate. I'll try, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Pastor, a question around Old Testament, I want to know what's the who's the Melchizedek. Oh, I see. Great question. Who is he? Great, great uh, question. Okay. Thank you. Great question. Beautiful question. So the answer is in the Old Testament. You have the, the, the high priest called Melchizedek. Melchizedek. And so his question is, who is Melchizedek? Who exactly is he? And, uh, you know, who is he? And what's, how does he come into play with everything else? Beautiful, beautiful question. Thank you. Okay. Melchizedek um, only shows up in the Old Testament story of Abraham. Mm-hmm. He was the king of Salem. Uh, what's interesting, though, is that he is not only a king, but he's also a priest. Mm-hmm. Now, what's important here is that Abraham gave tithe to Melchizedek. Yes. And that's interesting because Abraham was the uh, great-grandfather of Levi. Mm-hmm. And out of Levi came the priesthood that ministered to Israel. But Levi and Aaron and Aaron's sons, they were all in Abraham Mm -hmm. when he paid tithe to Melchizedek. Mm -hmm. Uh, You find this uh, uh, outlined uh, all in the book of Hebrews. But basically, this is showing that Melchizedek's priesthood is actually superior to Levi's Mm -hmm. and Aaron's priesthood because Aaron and and Levi and Aaron paid tithe to Melchizedek. Mm And not only that, but Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Yes. And the writer of the book of Hebrews makes it very clear. In order to bless, the the higher or the more superior blesses the inferior. Yes. And so Abraham was actually not as great as Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a king and also a priest. And so in the in the New Testament, Jesus is king and Jesus is high priest. Now, many people ask, is this Jesus, uh, is this is Melchizedek in the Old Testament, Jesus appearing as a man? I do not believe so. Um, only because of this. Jesus appeared many times in the Old Testament in a glorious form. Mm-hmm. But he never took anyone's tithe. Yeah. The only reason he used tithe is to go uh, spend it and, and buy things with it, uh, you know, and sustain yourself with it. Uh, but God, Jesus doesn't need, in the Old Testament, when he appeared in glorified form, uh, he doesn't need tithe. <laughs> and so this is obviously a human being who's receiving the tithe and he's using it to sustain his ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... The, this this priesthood 
is the priesthood that points to the Messiah's priesthood. Yes. And so that's what uh, Melchizedek is. Uh, that's the significance. I don't know if you want no, to bring absolutely. anything out. Yes, I was just going to say, you know, in Genesis 14, Genesis chapter 14, verse 18, it says there, it says, the, the, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of God most high. And so he was himself an actual priest, and Abraham recognized him as a priest, and he, he gave him tithes of all. And uh, I believe Melchizedek also means that the etymology is a, a king of righteousness. That's right. So he was like a symbol of Christ mm-hmm. or a type of Christ. And um, beautiful, beautiful question, because that's it's a definitely a good, a good question. If you go to the book of Psalms 110, Psalm 110, verse 4, and it's uh, basically this is a messianic prophecy. It says, The Lord has sworn and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever mm-hmm. after the order of Melchizedek. So Jesus was not going to come from Levi. Mm-hmm. Actually, he came from Judah. Mm-hmm. He did not come from Levi, so he was not a Levitical priest, but he wasn't meant to be. Wow. He was meant to be a priest after the order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. And that's the New Testament fulfillment. Amen. Thank you for the question. Hey, thank you so much, pastors. Uh, yeah, I, you guys are really answering my question, and uh, I would really appreciate and God bless. Oh, God, God bless, bless you, you too, sir. Um, thank you. Bye right. bye. Thanks right. for your call. Oh, right. Well, we uh, we are very glad that he um, Amen. Uh, called in that question. Uh, I've I've heard of that a few times, and it's really one of my favorite subjects, uh, especially the Melchizedek uh, and how it relates to Jesus being the high priest. Uh, It really is. It means a lot for me. So thank you for that question. As you can hear from the music, a very sad thing is happening. We've run out of time. (laughs) Uh, Pastor Masit, I really enjoyed having you on the program today. Pastor Memphis, I'm always blessed and I always praise God for any chance that we can share God together. And we're very, very glad that each and every one of you has uh, tuned in and uh, joined us on the program today. We invite you to listen in next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Louis Moffnus. And this is Pastor Masik Idaong. Saying goodnight. And God bless you. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.